You're listening to Radio ISO, the podcast bringing you notes from isolation and stories about the people we're missing. I'm your host, Emily Sargent. Today I spoke with Chef Selen Kiazim, who owns and runs acclaimed restaurant Oklava in London, and which, because of the pandemic, has recently been forced to close its doors. My days are always very, I think as it is for everyone, very up and down. But today is a bit of a slower day, but I've just been doing a little bit of cooking, just trying to get into the day. <laughs> How has the last two months been for you? There was this weekend, um, the weekend before they, they sort of told everyone to stop uh, going to restaurants and stuff. You just felt that that week, I think everyone uh, can probably think back to it and, and, and felt it. something was coming, right? Mm. and the whole of Europe was kind of closing down and you just felt like it was surely coming um, that they were going to make the announcement and I think, you know, there were also some people I think, you know, myself and my partner being some of them who, who were willing it to happen because you were like, surely it, it, it just spreading all over the place and it just didn't feel safe and asking my staff to travel I guess I don't think we totally anticipated at that point that they would actually close down restaurants. Um, so we sort of started making some plans for that. And then that weekend we had, you know, it wasn't full capacity, but it was actually quite busy and surprisingly so at both restaurants. And that all, yeah, it just felt very strange and it felt like everyone was going out for one last kind of hurrah before, <laughs> before everyone knew it was coming. It was just gut-wrenching. It just felt awful because essentially we, you know, we just couldn't, um, we felt like we couldn't keep the staff on and we felt like it would be a better move, um, one, for their safety to just close and two, for them to be able to sort of get, um, you know, claim claim benefits um, because obviously at that point we didn't know about the job retention scheme or anything and, you know, because at that point, yeah, they haven't officially closed down restaurants. So you're like, what's going on here? Why aren't they officially closing them down? But they know that by mm. telling people not to go there, then that's going to affect business. So it didn't feel like we were going to get help. So we felt like the best course of action was that, that actually, so they could get some money, mm. um, was to do that. And then, yeah, that was just, it was just awful. We just kind of like, in the, in the, in the space of a few days, really, I think we just completely, you know, um, ripped apart everything we'd been working towards and you know you create a real kind of family vibe or a very close knit unity and and uh and we and we we've always from from day dot kind of really wanted to um be really good to staff we we wanted it to um always pay them as much as we can and look after them as much as we can and we mm. we've always cared for their mental health and made ourselves available as an ear and um done as much as we can um for every single one of them so to do that was was obviously incredibly horrible and then I think the you know then the announcement of the job retention scheme came through and uh you know luckily we've been able to get that and that's incredible and 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 good for our staff and um yeah I think but that but that first couple of weeks was really um I think once we got that out of the way and that week out of the way, 
and just you know every day kind of being in floods of tears and not knowing what to do mm. um or what to say to anyone um I just felt like I needed to switch off for a bit because kind of like social media and everything was just and obviously has continued to be very uh just very full-on and very like um you know immediately obviously people start thinking outside the box and we'll do cooking videos and and um yeah little Instagram lives and this and that or whatever and I sort of I sort of I felt like there was the little part of me that knew that I wanted to do something mm. and that I needed to do something while we were in lockdown um kind of related to food but I sort of I think I did a post as well and said look I just I need a bit of a break actually here to 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 work out um yeah how how I'm gonna get through this personally and and what do I do you know what can I do and be of, of use I obviously do lots of uh, lots of cooking at home and you know that's that's enjoyable on the, on on the most part but then there's some days I'm just like you know actually even today I'm like oh god I'm gonna have to break bake bread again in a couple of days and I'm like <laughs> actually I kind of don't want to you know but the everyday like it's just um there's just a bit of a cloud there isn't there with just thoughts mm. all the time um and no you know more and more and more questions but no answers to to anything mm. and um that's actually really exhausting you know it gets to like five o'clock and I'm like god I know I haven't really done anything today but I'm just like just been turning it over in my head first evening when you would have been do, getting ready for an evening service how did you feel at home um just awful I I mean honestly I, I don't think I can remember much from it other other than being that um there were definitely lots of bottles of wine involved and just and lot and, and uncontrollable kind of crying and then mm. trying to compose myself you know it was yeah, it was a very empty feeling. Um and just felt like a I don't know, I felt I felt like I'd betrayed everyone, I think, even though it was completely out of my hands. Yeah. Um but that I think that was it. There was just like this this feeling of like, you know, thinking to myself, why well, I go in there every day to, to work and I and I do my best to be the best version of myself and show and talk to all of my staff and not just about the food but I want to know how they are I want to I want them to see that I care about them and I talk to them about all sorts of things you know in their lives and how they're getting on and and you know to to be and I, and I think my staff have always got that you know and then and then to 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 then have to do that you know and mm. then thrust their lives into that uncertainty which a lot of them are you know they're here from abroad and um they're they don't they don't have family here or whatever then they're and they're worried about their family whether they're in Italy or Bulgaria or wherever you know and it, and that's and that's really horrible for them as well obviously you know yeah it just it just really felt like I'd betrayed them I think and then was the task of having to sort of um close down the restaurants because they were both obviously like full of you know stock and prepared items and stuff and go and empty out the fridges and um 
we told them that I'd be going on, on two separate days to the restaurants and if anyone wanted to come along and take some food home or whatever or just say hi then, then they could and like a number of them showed up at each site and they were just incredible and they you know they they were they were more concerned about myself and Laura than than they were really for themselves you know mm. and that and that just made all my tears come back again you know it was, it yeah. was um it was incredible so mm. I think unlike you know some people and some landlords and things thinking this was going to be over in a flash um I think we we knew that this was going to be a long haul thing but um I think you know in the last yeah couple of weeks I guess this they're talking about you know social distance and being around I guess until um there's a vaccine and that's that's really um I think hit me very hard and and really made me realize that I'm now kind of almost going through a bit of a grieving process for for what has been mm. and that the fact that that's not coming back um and if it does come back it's it's going to be years by the time that comes back um and and that's that's a very strange feeling um and I think that's the thing that kind of eats me up the most these days is um you know, and I'm, I'm I'm okay. I'm going through a process of kind of letting go of that, but it's just running over in my head like ideas and thoughts about how how we could make it work. And um, you know, it's, there's a very, I mean, it's it's practically mission impossible. I think for for most people, um, including ourselves potentially. So we just we just don't know whether um, we will be able to open up. And and if we do, then then how does that look? Um, and how do we how do we continue I adore restaurants I love I just yeah I love I love them and I love being a part of them and I love eating other people's food and seeing what creations they have and you know and drinking great wines and stuff just that whole world it's just it is literally you know the, the world of the the world of food um whether it be eating it or cooking it is is my life like there's not I guess I'm not afraid to say it. I don't have really other hobbies and things like mm. this. I've dedicated my life to it. The books that I read are cookbooks. You know, I don't. I don't really read novels or anything. And it's just being a chef and uh, and yeah, having having dedicated so much time into that into really like learning um, this craft of being a chef um, in a restaurant in a busy restaurant and like it takes so much to do that. Um, and there's, you know, the, the excitement and the thrill and the adrenaline that you get off of that when you, you know, that you're doing, you're doing it right. And you've got happy customers and you've got a team who are just working like clockwork and everything is just like sailing, um, is, um, yeah, there's no, there's no feeling like it. I love cooking at a very amateur level, but it's the, yeah. the time at which I'm starting to cook every day. It feels like it's getting earlier and earlier. <laughs> so I'm sort of starting my evening meal at like 2 p.m. and thinking, ooh, I'll make a, I'll make a slow cooked something. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of people feel like that. It's just so much comfort to be taken from it. I wondered when, in terms of early memories for you, whether you'd always, always love cooking or when you'd started or or perhaps what your earliest memories were of food at home. You know, my, my grandmother is a brilliant cook uh, in Cyprus, and we would we would go and spend 
long uh, yeah, holidays there in North Cyprus where my parents are from and she had her own um, chickens and goats and they had all their own um, yeah, they're farmers so they had all their own fields of different fruits and vegetables and things and, and even her backyard is full of her own you know, personal uh, fruit trees and different vegetables and herbs and things and so yeah, even thinking back to that, it's like I have a very clear vision of like her cooking, whether it was like a slow roasting or a, or some fried fish or something like that. And then my my older sister, who's a great cook as well, um, would go and like pick all the you know tomatoes and herbs and onions and things from from her garden and and make this delicious salad, which just tasted so much better because it had been freshly picked as well um, mm. with, with people. I think all over the sort of Mediterranean and Middle East anyway, but certainly my grandmother was definitely a feeder and my mum, my mum's definitely a feeder as well. And it's just like, they won't take no for an answer or you'll say, yeah, just a small portion. And that's still like double what a normal person would put on a plate. So, And have you inherited yeah. that, do you think, from your mother and grandmother? Yeah, I think so. Um, you know, I, I always say that, at the time, I think when we used to go to Cyprus every year, you know, I have those great food memories, but I wish that I paid a little bit more attention to like the things that my grandmother was doing. I got into cooking really from maybe around 12, 13 years old. Um, and that was, I I just started watching like Ready Steady Cook and like other cooking programs and just became really obsessed with it. And, mm. and then would start reading cooking books and, um, and before I knew it, that was that was like all I was watching and, and all I was interested in. I'd write down my little notes and like follow a little recipe. And when sometimes my mom would let me cook something from a cookbook and uh, often like after dinner, when my, once my mom had cleaned down and everything, like I'd go up to my room and I'd come back down in the evening and then they'd hear me clattering around in the kitchen. They'd be like, what are you doing? And I'm like, oh, I'm just going to try and make a, you know, sponge pudding or whatever and do something and my parents loved it because they always got lots of desserts out of me <laughs> but yeah that sort of thing really I love the idea of you when you were young watching Ready Steady Cook that's I've, I've not <laughs> thought about that for a long time yeah for me I get a real sense of like I know that they're going to love that like I know that they're really going to enjoy eating that mm. you know and and that I think that feeling I really I really miss as well um but yeah, there's a lot of yeah comfort to be had, I think, in, in cooking at home as well. I've never, ever got to grips with meditation, but cooking for me serves that sort of function, I think. Which is yeah, the same kind of, for me. <laughs> I've become a full lockdown cliche in that I've got my first sourdough starter. Which is, <laughs> <laughs> Good on you. There's <laughs> <laughs> been mixed success so far. So yeah, yeah. Very... it's definitely tricky to get it going. It is. <laughs> the thing that I was really um I, I really enjoy about bread is that actually it's it's following you do have to follow the recipe but you have to actually really feel and understand what you're looking for as well so there is like that element of like you can't just follow the recipe mm -hmm. you have to you do I believe that you do have to like practice it quite a lot and see the difference with what you're doing and understand what you're looking for and how it touch touch like how it feels when you touch it and yeah in different baking conditions and different temperatures outside and so there's a lot more um I guess 
freedom uh, in a way in that it's like following a recipe but there's also freedom around it um to kind of express yourself and understand what's going on with that dough on that day I, I love having people round and and um you know especially on a Sunday and I'll make a big roast and I've got friends who like live locally and just yeah spend from like you know the afternoon to all evening just chatting rubbish with one another and and like drinking nice wine and and uh and me just like yeah I guess I've inherited that you know feeder side of from my mum and, <laughs> and the grandmother as well and me being like no you have to finish all the food <laughs> and making <laughs> making sure that because I know that they really enjoy it as well and yeah I love I love that because it's just so social and it's um yeah sharing delicious food together with with friends it's just really comforting and, and warm isn't it that weekend on that Sunday mm. before lockdown um, we had round uh, Peter Gordon my old boss and, and Michael also my old boss and Michael's partner um, we had them round for, for Sunday lunch mm-hmm. and it was it was so nice. It was it was weird because we were all obviously discussing what was perhaps coming or whatever. And but at that point, it was still wasn't you know that apparent that I think that this was going to happen at all. Um, and and there were different levels of kind of how how serious everyone was taking it. But ultimately, then the really beautiful thing was just the food hit the table and everyone kind of just dived in and started going mm, mm, <laughs> like delicious food and like. Mm. Um, yeah, and 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 being able to cook and share food with um, people that I I care about so immensely was just like a really beautiful thing, and especially I think with the with the timing of it, um, just before you know this all kicked off, yeah. um, was was really amazing. So I guess I just really love feeding people, and I think what you said earlier on about it's the the way that you show love, I think that's. Um, I'm not, well, I, I think I've got better as I've got older, but especially when I was younger, I wasn't the most talkative person. Um, and, but that's how I showed my love for people, mm. you know, was, was by, was by cooking for them and making them happy through food. I remember writing the book and then I'd sit there with mum and I'd be like, right, so what do you put in your dolma filling? Like, this this and this and this I'm like okay so how much of that do you put in well you know this much like you know she's showing me her hand and I'm like well that's not a measurement I'm like what about is, what about a cup could a, could we put it in a cup yeah but it's not that and so we would just like go around in circles <laughs> so I worked out quite quickly it's actually impossible to and even worse with my grandmother to try and get you know a recipe because they just do everything by eye mm. um so for, for my grandmother the thing that I'd say the most is is her bread which she was spice with her own Baharat spice mix. And so, you know, we, we were doing, we've, we've done that since day dot at Shoreditch. We would bake our own bread there. And then obviously with opening the bakery, then we, we turned that into a sourdough version of that bread. And, and that, you know, that bread means a lot to me. It's um, because there's a lot of things that just go hand in hand there. I just, I think, the, the clearest vision that I can have of my grandmother is like making that bread and she would never just, you know, make a few loaves. She'd make 
no joke about 20 or something because they, <laughs> they make enough to just like last and, and they have it with every single meal and my grandfather would eat like a loaf to himself I think it's probably throughout a day yeah so so there was the, the process of her making it and then also the way that they she baked it was in her wood-fired ovens so she had these two clay ovens in the in the yard and she would bake the bread there and that like I remember so well and those memories are very like those core memories are very in- integral to what we've created at Ocliver. I knew that I wanted to make that bread um and whether it be like when she would freshly bake it and would have it like you know super hot with lashings of butter or where whether it was <clears throat> a memory of kind of getting to the village late at night after all day traveling there from from the UK and then um and then waking up in the morning and she'd cut a few slices of it and turn it into toast over an open flame and then give it to us with like her strawberry jam which is just out of this world incredible like that bread just has so much meaning Mm. um so so yeah that's I think that's probably like almost most most important um recipe really in my life it's making me so hungry hearing (laughs) I mean particularly my favorite food in the world is bread and so to hear it yeah this amazing description of it every every even if we were I don't know going to do something else in that evening that there's always food involved right and um and that really dawned on me I think a few weeks ago and I was like wow like that's that's really intense like it's not only my job and my restaurant and my business and everything but that's like personally like the all the fun things in my life mm. um like I say because I, I guess I'm gonna need to try and find some other sort of hobby or something <laughs> doing something but yeah um I guess hopes for the next six months it's a bit tr- yeah it's quite tricky because I think I'm going through a phase where I'm just not very I'm not very hopeful. I think mm. I think I I'm going through a process where I'm right I have ideas and I have yeah, different thoughts and about what the other side will be like or the process in getting to the other side mm. of this. Um and there are ideas I have of how we can we can run the business and I think a few places are doing it now. First and foremost, this is all dependent on the whole rent situation. So if we're expected to pay uh, full rent, um, I have ideas yeah, around not just doing takeaway, but then also doing like a Ocliver cook at home type type thing. I see eating out as, as going back to for many years ago, I guess being a, an occasion thing. So it's not people are not going to go out to eat three four times a week how they used to, but it's not it's not it's not going to be fun because essentially all the fun is being stripped out of it. So how I don't even know how how would we work in a kitchen and socially distance or yeah wearing masks and and gloves and how do we serve food to a table like um, yeah I don't we don't yeah no, no one has any answers to that. Um, or or even the cost of having to buy masks for people 
hearing you talk about that, there's obviously so many, as you say, unknowns and so many questions, and it's really, I totally get that it's really hard to feel hopeful with all of that swimming yeah. around your head. Is there anything, though, that's brought you particular comfort? There's, yeah, there's a few different things. One is is talking about it. I mean, I, I, I tend to let it get built up to explosive stage in my head, and then I'll talk to a friend who's also, you know, um, in the business or my girlfriend or whatever and, and, and will inevitably if you get it out you kind of feel better about it and then the I guess the other thing that I, the, the thing that I've started doing there's one thing that I've started doing which I've never done before which is yoga I've uh oh yeah I'm following Adriana on YouTube and I'm really I'm really enjoying it actually it took me like a week or so to kind of get into it and it's not like I don't I'm not like I love it, love it. Like, let me roll out my mat. I can't wait to jump on it. But I'm just like, <laughs> I'm more like, I just find myself doing it every day. Yeah. And whether whether I do it in the morning or in the afternoon, and it's quite comforting. And I know that it's, you know, making my body stronger and, and helping for that, for that little while that I'm doing it. Just thinking about the way you were speaking about your... Um the other staff that work at the restaurant whether mm. there might be anything that you might want to say to them yeah um god that's a difficult one isn't it uh <laughs> i guess the the thing that i want to say is that hey look everything's going to be okay <laughs> um and i don't know I don't know, yeah, how how that's going to happen, um, but it will, uh, and that, and I think that's the thing for us all to hold on to, right? It's just it, everything will be okay mm-hmm. in the end, and um, uh, and for them to know that you know Laura and I will will do everything that we can to protect them and to to look after them and to try and make sure that they have um, a job there. And and further than that, actually, not I mean, yes, a, a job is incredibly important, but it's, you know, and I think that they know this, but if they don't, then we're here for them, whatever they need, um, even if it is just an air and um, to talk about things. And I think I'd, I'd want to tell them that they'll always be a part of, have been or continue to be a part of um, something very special at Oklahoma, I think. And I, and I hope that they've kind of, they, they feel that too.
if you'd like to tell us about someone you're missing, we'd love to hear from you. Get in touch at radioisopodcast at gmail.com or on Instagram at radioisopod. Thank you.